here and uh, as Andy has extended a real warm welcome to uh, everyone. It's always a, a great delight to be able to see people um, go through the waters of baptism. It's a delight of ours. It's something that as a church we've, we've set to, ag- agreed to, uh, we're believing for, you know, uh, in excess of 75 people this year. Uh, because that is, is, is something that says something about new growth and new life. And we're believing that for here in Mansfield, amen? Yeah. And uh, I'm glad there's about four of you who believe that. You know, we're believing for that in Mansfield, aren't we? Yeah. And uh, I am extremely excited about all that God is going to be doing. And, uh, you know, if I can just say this very, very quickly, please give Stephen and Lini your absolute support, okay? We, you know, we, we had a couple just say to Caroline this morning, they said, listen, we, 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 we love Ilkeston, but Mansfield's going to work uh, better for us, and is that going to be okay? And Caroline was just laying this to me, and uh, the, the lady had said, look, I've spoken to Alini about this, and my immediate response is, isn't this awesome? And, and Caroline just says, look, you need to understand, we're all one anyway, we're one church, and there's not an issue that, but we, that we're delighted, we want that more and more. We, you know, I'm believing with Stephen that we're going to literally see, you know, this room filled to overflowing, we're going to need to put more and more chairs out. Um, as we just reach out to our town. And so please, 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 can I ask you to give them your unreserved support and commitment and just, you know, the team that's, that's been assembled. You know, just go for it, guys, and believe for the immeasurably more of God. Amen? I need to be aware of the, the clock. I'm on the clock. So, you know, uh, if you want to look back there, actually, I'm now at 28 minutes and 51 seconds. If you all want to look there, they tell me, it's that bad out of here, isn't it? I mean, do you feel sorry for me? Do you want to get the violin out? I better get cracking. So it really is, as I say, a delight to be able to just share God's word with us uh, this evening. I just want to say a few things as, a, as an introduction, which I think are really important, whether you've been in this series or not. You know, the Bible says something so significant. It says, above all else, we need to guard our hearts. For out of it spring the issues of life. And what I've realized is this, whether we're in faith, whether we know Jesus as a friend, whether we're churchgoers, or whether we're definitely not, this applies to every one of us. Because I've realized that the things that can get in our hearts... Right? I'm not talking about the, 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 you know, the organ that pumps blood around our bodies. I'm talking about the, who makes us who we are. There are things that get in our psyche, in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls, in our spirits. And unless we, unless we guard it carefully, it can actually bring forth that which isn't very, very good. All the issues start here. They start here. And this is why it's so important, this series of what we're looking at, it's called Simplify. Simplify is not about doing less. That's not the essence of it. Simplify, the essence of this series, is to actually declutter and unclutter our hearts. There is stuff that get in here in every single one of us that needs to be addressed and needs to be worked through. And one particular subject tonight is something that I know is going to hit every single one of us. Because every single one of us can relate to this subject tonight. But before we launch into it, I want to ask a question of you, which is directed, directly uh, correlates to the subject. Put your hand up if you've ever been wronged here. If you've ever felt like somebody's done wrong against you, just raise your hand. I want you to all, you know, please all participate. I think most hands are up. You know, every one of us, every single one of us has been wronged. 
And what I want to talk about tonight, and it's so apt that we, you know, we're in baptism and we're going to be you know, hearing three people's stories, because what I want to talk about is how we can actually go from wounded to whole. From wounded to whole, and how we need to make room for forgiveness. How we can make room for forgiveness. It's interesting, this morning I preached the same message. I had so many people come to me this morning. Numbers of people who will just come in, like some of you guys have just come to see a friend or a family member, go through the waters of baptism. Many of these people were not in faith this morning. And they actually said to me, I've been very, very impacted by the message of this morning. There's numbers of people who actually said, I was in tears and I don't know why. I don't know what was happening to me this morning. I'll tell you why. Because this affects every single one of us. Because every single one of us have been wounded. And let me tell you, if you've been in church for a long time, you will definitely know what I'm talking about. Because unfortunately, this comes to us all. Our heart is, here at Arena Church, is we want you to know God. And we're going to give you an opportunity to actually know God. Not just know about Him, but actually to know God. But the second thing that we want to encourage people into is bring them to a point of where they can find true freedom. And you prayed about it this evening. Where we can bring, you know, our hearts are free and uncluttered. And we just have a peace in our hearts. What a great place it is. I have to say, you're looking at a man who's very much at peace in my own heart. I have a joy in my heart. I just feel like one of the lucky ones. And yet, this can be for every single one of us. Because it only comes through Jesus Christ. But we've got to declutter and release some things. You see, we can't find wholeness and ultimately live a simplified life without attending to the broken relationships. Invariably, the breakdown is always people-centered. You see, and I've realized... That what gets in our hearts, particularly in this area of unforgiveness, always rise, always speaks through our actions or through our speech. And so we have to ask ourselves this question. When you have been wronged, how do you respond? When you are wronged, what is your first reaction? What do you want to do? Do you want to kill them? Help me, you can break a smile. You know, you sometimes feel like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill that person. That might be your response tonight. You might feel like you want to kill them. There's always a response from every single one of us. Proverbs 18 verse 14, it won't be on the screen, says this. A healthy spirit conquers adversity. But what can you do when the spirit is crushed? There's a verse that says, a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And if I can say some people that I come across, you might be even here tonight. Because of unforgiveness, unresolved issues in your heart, your spirit is getting crushed and more crushed and more crushed. And my hope in these 23 minutes that I now have with you is just to begin to help you to understand what God wants to do. And how God can change your life. You see, what I've realized is this. When I talk about moving from wounded to whole and making room for forgiveness, there are three particular categories that I want to address. The first category that that I want to address with regards to forgiveness is this. It's called lesser offenses. Lesser offenses. It's the day-to-day stuff. It's... In reality, it's no more than a blip. I remember a story when I was uh, involved with young people 
in, in, a town, in a city now called Milton Keynes, and we were youth pastoring. And I'm glad to say that this person now is actually in ministry themselves. But I remember this particular girl coming to us one night, and it was a Tuesday night, we were at the youth, youth program, and she begins to say, oh, I can't believe it. You know how young people are, any young people are, I just can't believe it. I can't stand me dad, I hate me dad. Okay, what's got off? I can't believe he's done it to me. Why has he done? He, he, he's taken the allowance off me. He's, he's grounded me. Well, well, what's happened? Well, it's, it's just so unfair. You know, I, I was only an hour beyond my curfew. And what's all that about? And it doesn't matter that I spent all my money on a load of junk. And it, what's the problem that I've got a week of detentions? I am so wronged. Don't all look at me like that. You've got a husband who responds like that at times, haven't you, ladies? I was, oh, should I? Okay. I am so wronged. My response to this young lady, she'll probably be 13, 14, 15, was, really? They needed a reality check. You know, and sometimes, guys, if I can say, some of the things that we feel we're wronged about. Can I just say, I'll speak to the church for a moment. Let's take a bit of a reality check. They're just called lesser offences. They're not going to change the world. It's not going to change the course of the world. These things happen to us. I'm ashamed to tell you this story, but I remember on two occasions, I didn't learn the first time. Thankfully, I've learned the second time that it was around Christmas time. One time I was with my mom, another time I was with Caroline in the car. And uh, it just so happens on this occasion, thankfully, we hadn't got any of the children. But I remember, you know what it's like on a busy Christmas, leading up to Christmas, and you're trying to get parked in a city centre. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And everybody's rushing around and trying to get the place. And I'd indicated to this one spot, and this guy, the audacity, he drove in and nicked my space, and... Caroline, I remember saying to you, just leave it. So I thought, I'll be a dutiful husband, I'll leave it. You drive around again and there's another sparse parking space that opens up. I put my indicator on and you wouldn't believe it. Somebody does it again. Well, this time I ran the car. I was literally out of the car. I was banging on his window. You move this car now or I will move you. Got it? And walked off. Well, I want to tell you, he moved the car. Okay. You may say, this, you're a pastor. I was a pastor then. I was flipping ticked off. I, I just was furious. Don't all look like that at me. Has anybody ever felt that furious? But I'm ashamed to say to you that that was me. And in reality, I was acting like a jerk. Because so what, he nicked the spot. I was wronged. But it was a lesser offense. And we get so worked up about stuff that we shouldn't be getting worked up about. Again, let me just speak to the church for a moment. You know, we need to be careful that as we move forward here in Mansfield and in Ilkeston and wherever God leads us, that we don't allow the lesser offenses. The Bible calls them the little foxes. It calls the little yeast to just get in the way and affect the whole. We need to keep those offenses very much Outside the church, can I hear an amen from somebody who knows what I'm talking about? Because it's so easy for these things to get in the way. And we can become easily angered. We become easily offended. And what this reveals is a fragility. 
And this comes out of an unredeemed ego. It comes out of unachievable expectations. And actually what I've realized as I wrote this, there's an overinflated right to a trouble-free life. That was the issue with me with wanting that parking space. I thought I had a divine right to have that parking space. It was mine. And some of us can live like that as though the world is there to serve us. You know, the issue wasn't with that guy who nicked my parking space. The issue was with me. And sometimes what we've got to do when things happen to us like this, we've just got to take a deep breath. And just lean into his loving grace and forgiveness. And if I can say the other thing, we just need to take a reality check. Guys, just take a reality check. You know, let's not sweat the small stuff. Let me just use this as a conclusion for this one. You know, if you're prone to, blow, to blowing things out of proportion, because I'm an overreactor. Anybody else out there is an overreactor, you're going to own up to it. I just overreact about everything. I'm just an overreactor. Caroline's much more steady. She's smiling here, my wonderful, beautiful wife. She just knows it to be true. But there's reasons why we blow proportion. And if you're easily offended or provoked you've got to figure out why and if you're not sure why we need to make a commitment to explore and figure out what triggers your out of proportion reaction there's a reason why you're doing what you do and God wants to bring you to freedom in that area but the second category is much more severe the second category is something that I like to call the legitimate wounds and uh, this is very painful you know, this is really, really painful. You know, if you, was, if you was a nurse or a doctor, you have different categories of burns. One, two, three, and four. Four being the most of her, three and four being very severe. Category two is, you know, severe. It's painful. It will blister. It will bring scars. And I want to just say that the reaction here is not, really? Get a life? My reaction to legitimate wounds is this. I am so, so sorry. You know, there's been people, because of what I do as a pastor, who've said some terrible things to me of what's happened to them in their lives. A number of months ago, I heard, you know, just some stories and was just recollecting pain of what people were having to go through. And I want to just tell you, I'm, I'm a pretty robust, you know, bloke. I'm a very much a bloke, man's man kind of thing. But I was wrecked. I get wrecked by these stories, legitimate wounds. Stories of adultery and betrayal and, you know, breakdowns of trust and confidence. Even in church, people who have walked away from church because they've confided in somebody only to then find that that confidence has been misplaced and they've talked about it in their small group and they just feel wounded. You may say, well, that's just one of those, get over it. No, 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 this has gone deep. These are legitimate wounds. There are some people who have had to navigate the pain of adultery, the pain of divorce. You're here tonight. There's been a marital breakdown. There's been unfaithfulness and it's created such pain in your heart. And the answer is not retribution or revenge. I've heard of stories where people have, there's been an affair in a marriage and, you know, the husband's had an affair and so the wife just goes and has an affair to get their own back. But what? happens in that is she doesn't feel any better because the pain is still there there is no satisfaction in that response there is no resolution it expends negative energy 
that still leads us to no peace? Am I speaking to anybody this evening? You see, the answer is not an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. The answer is forgiveness. But let me just say before you all start saying to me, well, you would say that you're a Christian pastor and you don't know what I'm walking through. You're absolutely right. I don't know what you're walking through. And that's why my response is, I'm so sorry. Because what I've realized is this. Because I've had people who have brought legitimate wounds to my heart. And I wasn't able to get over it in a day or even in a week. It took me months. Can I just say even years to release some of these wounds in my heart? And what I do realize is this, it's a process. And it's not a simple process. But if we want to go on the process, we've got to acknowledge the wrong that has been done to us. We have to grieve over what has been lost. And thirdly, we have to eventually let the other person off the hook. A wise person once said this, holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. How many times have we done that? How many times have we done that? You see, they're free from it, but you're still living in it. And there's one who knew all about this, who had legitimate wounds, not just heart wounds, but physical wounds. His name's Jesus. And Jesus came to the world and he was full of truth and he was full of grace and he brought hope and forgiveness to so many people. But if I can be blunt here tonight, the common man. Jesus was, was a man for the common people. That's why they loved him so much. And that is why the religious political leaders hated him so much. And he brought so much hope to the world. But he was so wronged. But Jesus knew that this was going to be something that he, we would need to navigate through. He knew this was, this was a difficulty for mankind because wrong things would happen to us. And that's why when he was encouraging a group of disciples, this is what he says in Matthew 18. And verse 17, and it'll come on the screen, it says this. If a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell him. Work it out between the two of you. And if he listens, you've made a friend. But if he won't listen, take one or two others along so that in the presence of witnesses, we will keep things honest and then try again. And if he still won't listen, tell the church. And if he won't listen to the church... You'll have to start over from scratch, confront him with the need for repentance and offer again God's forgiving love. If we have legitimate wounds, there's two things that I encourage us to do. And it's all centered around the word go. The first thing is go today. If somebody has legitimately wounded you, we've got to pluck up the courage and we've got to make the decision to go today. If we want to move from wounded to whole, if we want to make room for forgiveness We've got to go today. But I tell you, there's been times when I've gone and I've thought, I'll go and I'll flip and show them. Anybody know who I'm talking about? I'll give them both barrels. Boo, boo, boo. There's been no love. There's no heart of reconciliation. I've just wanted to go and tell them and give them a piece of my mind. Don't all look at me like that because I know that's how you've wanted to be. Jesus was not talking like that. He said, if you have it in your heart, go today. With a resolution 
to bring reconciliation. The other thing he says to us is go today, not after you've spoken with a group of people. Because often what I've realized is we all want to pour out the poison to somebody else and then they get poisoned and then we'll go and talk with a person. No, Jesus says go and deal with your issues with that person. If you then get no resolution, then you need to bring somebody else into that uh, party to try and bring a resolution. Are you with me tonight? So we need to go today. If we want to bring a release, if we want to see God do something in our hearts, we have to go. But secondly, we may have to let it go. Oh, I feel like breaking out into a song. Do you dare me? Who dares me? Let it go. Let it go. Oh, I feel like I've even got the, the facial things. Let it, I feel like I'm in pain. Let it go. Yeah. Disney won't be signing me up. That's for sure. But listen to me. We've got to let it go. Now, I've already said a few minutes ago, it's not as simple as that because there's things that happen to us and it's a process that may take weeks, months, years. We've got to make a decision to not only go, but to let it go. This is what he says. If you still won't listen to you, tell the church. And if you won't listen to the church, you'll have to start over from scratch. Sometimes it doesn't work. And you've got to let it go. There's a beautiful verse in the New Testament. And it says this. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace. With everyone. You know, you can't control other people's responses. My son, as you know, and, and my daughter both play junior uh, basketball. And my son particularly uh, has a coach. And he gets at times frustrated. I don't know whether he's here. He gets frustrated at times with things that happen in the game. And his coach said, to him, I really just picked up this thought. He says, Isaac, you've got to control the controllables. You see, what Isaac can't control is he can't control whether his teammates are in the right position. He can't control whether they're going to drop the ball. He can't control if they're going to lose the ball. But what he can control is his attitude. What he can control is his body language. What he can control is, come on guys, let's go again. He can control the controllables. And we need to learn in life that we may not have control what other people are going to do to us or say to us or how they're going to respond to us. What we can control is our controllables. Are you all understanding the point? And we need to understand that when we're dealing with legitimate wounds. There are no quick fixes. The truth is, forgiveness in God's time is the only door to healing. So we've dealt with lesser offenses and we've dealt with legitimate wounds, but there's a category three. And I wonder if the guys would come and join me on the because we're going to be finished in a few moments. I need to pause and catch my breath. Because <laughs> category three takes our breath away. You see, in lesser offenses, my response is, really? When there's legitimate wounds, my response, my response is, I am so sorry. But life-shattering experiences. I struggle to bring a response. It usually consists of a shake of the head. 
a gasp. Because uh, this is an injustice. This is an unthinkable tragedy that changes the landscape of lives forever. I'm talking about a murder. I'm talking about a sexual abuse. I'm talking about a violent robbery. I'm talking about a very messy marital breakdown. You need to put in whatever that may be as a, as, as a life-shattering experience for you. I'm glad to know that there aren't many people who have these. But it just so happens that in a crowd like this, there might be one or two of you who have had this. It's been life-altering. I remember we invited a guy. He actually preached at Field Mill. It was a cold November night and the central eating wasn't on. And we all had to wrap up. Can you remember? Some of you can remember those moments. <laughs> and he was an older minister and he was, his name was Pastor John Mosey. And the reason why we invited John to come along was to talk about the life of forgiveness because John had experienced a life-shattering experience. Some of you are far too young to remember this, but some of you can remember this. Because it hit the headlines, the world, international news. Because in 1988 at Christmas, the Pan Am 103 plane was blown to smithereens across Lockerbie. And John's daughter was on that plane. Her name was Helga. She was 19. And as I was preparing for this, I just took a moment. I had to take a moment because I've got three girls, but two of them, one's 17 and one's 19. And John was waving his daughter off for a trip to North America, knowing that he would see her again or thinking he's going to see her again. But unbeknown to him, there was a bomb that was planted on that plane that altered his life forever. Please don't say that Christians are immune, immune from pain. We're not. Bad things happen to us all. And John in that moment and his wife and his family had to determine what their response was going to be. What I've realized is this. When life-shattering experiences happen to us, there are two responses. I've seen some people who've run to God. Sandy's brother was one of those. And again, he shared his story here. How they lost their son through a, a, a car, a, a tragic motoring accident. And Doug and his wife didn't run away from God and shake their fist and curse God. But instead, they ran towards God and their life would change forever. But I've also seen some things happen to people. And I don't know why they happened to us. Life-shattering experiences but there are some people who shake the fist at God and run away from God. And if you've been doing that this evening, can I encourage you? You've been running in the wrong direction. I just need to say that to you. You'll find no peace. This stuff is tough. And all Jesus wants to do is just mend your broken heart. Life-shattering experiences. Soul-threatening. What is the answer? Well, it's radical forgiveness. I've been amazed when I've read books where a mum or a dad has lost a child to a violent murder or a violent rape and murder or whatever it is. And then they're Christian people. I've read these stories and then they've gone to the visit the 
person who did the crime in prison and they've released forgiveness to them. I'm blown away by that. Because my response would be, I think, in those circumstances, in that initial circumstances, would be retribution, would be revenge, would be wanting to do something. As anybody, I'm just being real and honest with you. But that is not the answer. The answer is radical forgiveness. Radical grace. But let me just say to you, if that's what you've been through and you've had some stuff that's happened to you, this process invariably will take you down the route of months and years of getting free. But I want to tell you, if you'll start that journey, for those who this resonates in your heart, and you lean into God, something will happen in your heart and you will receive radical forgiveness and you will release radical forgiveness to those and listen to me, it will take their breath away. It will take their breath away because this is not something that you see in the world. As I draw it to a close, the greatest story of radical forgiveness is the person of Jesus. Jesus did not wrong. If you had a problem, if you have a problem with Christianity and Jesus, I want to say Jesus has done nothing wrong to you. The church has a lot to answer for. That's why we're trying to create a new church in, in that of that just gives a different perspective, a different message. We haven't helped ourselves at times, even with how we've behaved. But Jesus is not the problem. And Jesus knows what it is to have life shattering experience come to him and people mock him all he did the bible records that out of love he came to the world and yet the world rejected him and despised him this is what it says about this jesus that he was brought before the official the judge of that time pontius pilate some of you know the story and pontius pilate could see nothing wrong with jesus the bible records that and history records that They actually did a full uh, judgment on him and they said, I can't see anything wrong. What has this man done? He has done nothing wrong. And that's why he washed his hands because the people of that day wanted to kill him. And in some ways you could say, okay, they killed him, but it wasn't just that they killed him. He had the prisoner's death. They whipped him. They abused him. They spat at him. They put a crown of thorns upon his head. Big thorns, blood pouring down. They hammered nails through here and through his feet. And they hung him upon a cross. And he was hung between two criminals. He had a criminal death. Do you want to know what Jesus' response was this? Let's just put it on the screen for a moment. Because these words are so powerful to me. It records in Luke 23 verse 34. And listen to me. If you hear nothing else, I want you to hear this. Jesus responds as he hangs hangs upon a cross, dying. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. This is radical forgiveness. This is radical grace. Listen, if you've experienced lesser offenses, can I encourage you? Get a reality check. Really? There's greater things happening in the world than somebody nicking your parking space. Get over it and move on. 
if it's legitimate wounds I am so so sorry and that might take some processing but as you lean into God God's grace will touch your life the only phrase I can use is is, you know be kissed by heaven as you lean into him for those who have had life shattering experiences I want to say there is a group of people who really do want to support you and there's a father in heaven who loves you I want to just say to some people I just feel compelled that we'll move on you need to know the father's heart was grieving when you were going through that and eternity will tell its own story why you went through that but listen to me if you will lean into his grace you will come through stronger you will come through better that's the promise of the Bible so wherever you are I believe you can move from wounded to wholeness as you make room for forgiveness are you hearing me tonight and so in this moment of private I wonder if we just bow our heads for a moment between you and God I'm mindful there's guests here mindful there's people who I don't know you've come in for the first time and then there's a group of people who would normally gather on a Sunday night I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you in the response that I'm going to ask you to make I'm not going to ask you to stand to your feet I'm not going to ask you to come to the front in this moment this is between you and God but I do want to say I think this is a divine moment because this word is for some people here tonight I'm telling you I knew it when I sat there just in the moment before Andy introduced me I knew it was for some people here tonight. Now for some of you, you may say, I want to experience this forgiveness from Jesus. I want to experience this forgiveness. Father, forgive them. I want to know what it is to receive his forgiveness and his love. I want to live at peace. I want to begin the journey. If that is you tonight, I don't want you thinking... The person I came with, have they responded or what? They're gonna, I just want, this is between you and God. My eyes are open, that is all. Everybody else's are closed. If you say, Christian, would you pray for me? Because I want to receive the forgiveness of Jesus. I want to begin to know and journey about this Jesus. If that is you tonight, I wonder if you just raise your hand where you are. Just simply raise your hand. Thank you. Anybody else tonight? Thank you. Anybody else tonight? thank you anybody else tonight Father I pray for these precious people oh that they would know the forgiveness they would experience your forgiveness they would experience your radical grace and it would wash over them oh God that your love would just overwhelm them in this moment that your love would overwhelm them your peace would fill their hearts I pray Lord today they would know a change has happened not religion but the beginning of a relationship getting to know you Jesus thank you while every eye is closed and head is bowed you may say Christian what do I do with this unforgiveness that I've got in my heart I just want to simply say, will you make room in your heart to release forgiveness? I'm not asking you to forgive. I'm just asking you, will you begin to make room in your heart 
please, will you begin to just make room in your heart for Jesus? To just do what he needs to do in your heart? Even if you've not made a response to follow Jesus, would you just begin to make room in your heart for forgiveness? Because otherwise, you're going to live a life that's not the life that God intended you to live. You're going to be bound up. You're going to feel like you're wounded. You're going to feel like you're in a prison. And all God wants to do is bring you into a place of freedom. So if you say, Christian, I want to have room in my heart to release forgiveness to those who have wronged me. While every eye is closed and head is bowed, would you just lift your hand where you are now? Just lift your hand. Just lift your hand where you are. Thank you. Thank you. Just lift your hands now. Thank you. Just lift your hands now. And talking to Christian people as well. You just need to release forgiveness. Just begin to raise your hand now. It's a divine moment. I'm just going to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Are there anybody else tonight who says, I'm going to release forgiveness in this moment. I'm not going to allow this to hold me back. Is there anybody else who says, yes, Christian, just pray for me. Father, we thank you for the many hands that have been raised. Again, these are to you, not to me. And people are saying, I want to make room in my heart to release forgiveness. I pray that, Lord, you would pour in your grace and you would pour in your love that they would have a supernatural love to bring love to those who have wronged them. And, Lord, that there would be a real setting free in this moment. Lord, that people would feel lighter as a result of being in this place. And in this moment, there would be a lightness that comes and chains would be broken over people's hearts in Jesus' name. Break every chain, Lord. Break every chain. Break every chain and bring people into a new life of forgiveness in Jesus. Father, we